I look for the engineers who know how to problem solve and are particularly interested in the problem that is being faced. You can pick up a book and, uh, and read up on Angular, any kind of technology, but tell me some of the hard problems you faced. Show me your renovation. Show me where you faced some really hard problems. And what would you do if a customer came up to you and asked about a particular problem? How would you coach them on that? Those are the things that, that drive me, and I, I pay a lot of attention to those. I don't chase the individual technology. Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs, Who's Hiring and How, the podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Welcome back to our show, our listeners. It's so good to have you in our audience again. I'm Kathleen with ClearJobs.net, and I'm joined as always by my beautiful and talented and always witty co-host, Rachel. Rachel, we have another great show today, don't we? Uh, you know we do. So all we ask of you is that you sit back, relax, and soak in all the great information that is going to be shared today. We're here today with Dan Haig, founder and CEO of Cohere Technology Group. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you both so much for the invitation, and I look forward to the conversation today. Absolutely. We always like to start at the beginning because it's important to understand everyone's career journey as folks are out there looking to start careers. What better way than come to the experts to tell us a little bit about their career journey? So if you don't mind filling us in a little bit um, about yourself and your journey to founding Cohere Technology Group. The abbreviated version is uh, I'm a lifelong engineer. Started the journey in the 1980s. I went to school at a Midwestern school out in Wichita, Kansas, wind up going to work for Lockheed in Austin, Texas. I went down there and I got my security clearance, got involved with a lot of really neat, uh, exciting work. But in 1994, Lockheed merged with Martin Marietta and became Lockheed Martin. And they made a decision to shut down Austin, Texas at that time. So I went and joined a small little Lockheed spinoff that had uh, maybe 10 guys or so. Uh, and I went and took some contract work over there, uh, took some engineers over there and set up shop there. And we wound up uh, really, really uh, having a lot of good success there. But it wasn't my company. That was that guy's company. I learned a lot from him. My wife and I made a decision to move out to Northern Virginia. And I started a company uh, out there. Over the next several years, we grew that company. That company was acquired in 2011. I became the chief technical officer. The new new CEO came in, new leadership. Uh, it was time for me to move on. So I went and started Cohere. It's kind of like my last hurrah. And so I started that in 2015. And uh, we are where we are now, about 45 engineers right now. Uh, we have a very exciting path ahead of us. Uh, and uh, I've accomplished a lot of what I want to accomplish, which is the customers that I'm working for now, the types of uh, areas that we're focused on now, the things that I've always wanted to do. And we're on the right track. I'm pretty excited about the direction we're going. What's interesting is learning about your company, and you just sort of touched on where you're going, but I know in our pre-call, you shared a little bit more about the domains you work in, and as everyone on the show knows, one of my favorite domains is space. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about the kind of work you do at Cohere and your specialties in space? 
I will tell you, I did not expect that five years ago, but uh, there was an engineer who used to work for me, and uh, he and I reconnected at some point in time, and he was the tech lead of a very major contract supporting the National Reconnaissance Office, uh, doing some, some space-related stuff there, and uh, we got in a connection and talking, and uh, he said, hey, this program is growing. Uh, you got great engineers there. Can you, you guys want to come work on this? And I said, absolutely. H- how do you spell space? <laughs> so anyway, uh, that was five years ago. Uh, luckily, uh, you know, there's great uh, websites, tutorials, and other stuff like that. So you can come up to speed. But uh, I, I, I'm being somewhat in, in jest. But uh, I'm a lifelong intelligence guy doing ISR system, intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance type things. Uh, I spent my life doing dozens of systems and very successful deployments and that for lots of uh, high-level you know, customers and other stuff like that over the years. Um, this is a little bit of a new, a new, new area for us. And uh, the other area uh, we're, we're focused on is uh, we are supporting other three-letter agencies uh, that I haven't supported in the past um, that are closer to us than uh, than Fort Meade. Um, and that's new for us as well. And we're really, really excited about the work we're doing there and, and, and the direction that we're heading. Uh, and then kind of like from a mission technology perspective is... Uh, my work in intelligence led me to become more and more uh, involved with computer network exploitation um, and doing cyber cyber type work in that space. Uh, and we've actually made a pretty good dent in doing some uh, really, really exciting work there uh, on the cyber development side of the house. So both defensive and non-defensive. I really do uh, have a vision of becoming, um, if you will, a full-spectrum information warfare-focused company. Um, that involves many little sub-aspects to it. So I have I have a strategy laid out to be able to accomplish all that. And we're on our way there. And that's part of what having a vision is, is, is knowing where you want to go and then working out the steps that you have to accomplish to get there. Love it. It sounds like you're involved in so many different parts and love to see the vision just kind of rolling out of your imagination as you speak. So some of the stuff that you shared, that sounds like there's probably a lot of different openings that you might have. So what are the different openings that you're currently hiring for? Yeah. So in the cyber development space, we have a entry-level program for military through the DOD SkillBridge program. We've actually uh, established ourselves as a SkillBridge um, participant, and we have several students that have come through our program, several more that are planned to come through our program. That's more of the entry level, but we're always seeking the uh, mid and senior level engineers as well. We call them jokingly purple unicorns because they're pretty rare to, to, to find. And so those are the ones we're definitely always on the hunt for. And then within our, one of our agencies that requires like a full scope poly and that kind of stuff, we have a lot of work there. Uh, and then that NRO work, what's what's nicer is that only requires an SCI clearance. So you've mentioned a lot of the three-letter agencies. And so I'm willing to bet that some of your positions or maybe all of your positions are here in the DMV. Is that true? Or do you have positions in other areas? So you're right. By and large, most of them are, are, are local. 10, 12 years ago, we had engineers working in a number of different locations and you did not have to work in a skiff every day. You didn't have to. And then uh, in 2013, you know, NSA had a major leaker, Edward Snowden. And as a result of that, the intelligence agencies pivoted back to making everyone come and work in government facilities. In fact, after that, I, I lost a couple of my NSA skiffs. They, uh, they closed them down, said, nope, you guys have to work on site anymore. 
And then COVID hits, and now the customers are flipping around saying, maybe we don't need to have everyone on site anymore. And uh, and so we're we're working with certain customers to uh, offer up the possibility that if you do have a clearance and you can do a lot of the work at the unclassified level, we'll let you live somewhere else and not be able to come in. It's still a little bit aspirational, but we're heading in that direction. Uh, so today, 2023, most of my work is still on site. But I expect over the next one to two years to be able to open up the wicket and allow engineers to live and work in other places other than in a skiff all the time. We're going to have people in a number of different locations. We have individuals living up in uh, New York. We have people in Texas. We have people in Florida in, in a number of different areas. And that will continue. But I, my interest and my focus is to have 50, 75% of the engineers to be local to the Northern Virginia area. So in our pre-call, you talked about most of your positions requiring, and I'm quoting you, the Cadillac of clearances, otherwise known as the full scope poly. Yeah. So what are your most difficult positions to fill with the Cadillac of clearances? Well, I mean, that, that, that's definitely it. The, 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 the full scope poly is, is, um, is the Cadillac. And, you know, there are CIA and NSA both uh, do full scope poly uh, clearances. ODNI does as well. They're kind of a small agency compared to the other ones. The thing is, as I found, is that uh, the clearances are supposed to be able to go both directions, and they don't always go both directions. If you got it, your clearance through NSA, it should transfer it over to CIA. If you got your clearance to CIA, it should transfer over to NSA. They, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Yeah, that's been a challenge in the industry for 25 years or more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, and, the, and the challenge is still there. Um, I will, I'll just offer up that uh, I love finding NSA cleared people and convincing them to go to work for the other agency. Okay. That one's a much more successful process uh, than, than the other direction around. But the NRO work, one of the things that I love about NRO is that you don't need that polygraph on day one. They, they require a CI, counterintelligence polygraph, but you don't need it on day one. They're willing to let you work on the contract with just an SCI, and then they'll schedule you for the polygraph. And the other thing, too, is they're starting to get caught up on things. We have had people waiting on, uh, waiting on their clearances for four years. You just can't win with that kind of backlog. Now I think we're getting down to under, under two years, maybe under 18 months. So things are starting to get kind of like caught back up and normalized post-COVID. I don't know if I answered the question or not, though. <laughs> You did. And you offered a lot of other important information that I know our audience is interested in. And Rachel, I know you're dying to ask your next question. I am. I've been waiting to sit on this one and I can't sit any longer. So I know just in what you've been able to share so far, it sounds like You've, you've been around the block, you know a couple things, and you know the challenge is real when it comes to competing for talent today. Uh, y- you know, see, he confirmed yeah. it, friends, he knows. When you're talking to candidates and you know that there's so much competition out there, what do you share with them to really help them want to make the decision to join your organization? First thing is that companies in this industry come in two flavors. They're either a staffing company or they're a solutioning company. Staffing companies mainly hire engineers and then put them on site. At that point in time, the company's interest is in the care and feeding of that engineer, making sure they got their benefits, their paycheck, all the things to, to make them feel comfortable. They'll have some culture and other stuff like that, but you know, pretty much they're not involved with, with that individual's career, with what their day-to-day jobs are or other stuff like that. 
The other one is a more of a solution company. Solution company gets a project. They get the project. Customer gives them a chunk of money, timelines, requirements. And then that company is responsible for hiring all the engineers and overseeing the technical work and what have you. That's where I have been most of my life as a solutioning company. I, I ran teams of engineers. I would find and hire engineers and get rid of the ones that didn't perform. Uh, I'd provide a lot of the vision. I was always close to my customers. I knew what the mission was, what the requirements were. We had all kinds of, uh, of detailed discussions with them, and uh, I delivered many successful systems over the years. That's the kind of company I like being. However, things have changed a lot in the last 10 years for new small business owners. And we're right now, Cohere is about a 60 to 70% staffing company instead of being a solutioning company. Well, I plan to change that over the next two to three years. And we're well on our way towards doing that. So number one is when I'm talking to somebody is I talk to them about the vision. I explain what we want to do and where we're headed. And that seems to resonate with a lot of people. Okay. Um, at the same time, I, I look at their resume and I find some things in there that I think are particularly relevant towards that vision. I'll talk to them. What did you do here? What did you do this particular thing? Did you work on this particular system? Did you access this kind of data? Tell me about your experience about that kind of data. What did you do there? I look for a particular companies, uh, you know, what, what maybe a particular history, particular company they work for. It said, were you aware of this project that that company did back then? And I kind of tie those things in like that. And they, they seem to really like that. Look, there will never, We'll never be the top dog on terms of salary and, uh, and, and benefits. We'll be kind of a middle of the pack. And that's my goal is to be kind of a middle of the pack. And then I want them to want to come to work for us and help build the company culture and help build that, uh, that culture of excellence and innovation where we can write a white paper. We can brainstorm about it. We can present it to the customer. And then those individuals, they may be just a mid-level engineer today. But I said, within two years, you're going to be running this project. Is that something you want to do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's a great career builder. That is what a lot of engineers want. They want the exciting work, and then they want to know that they can build upon that towards a career. It sounds like you really have this entrepreneurial spirit that you in inspire in your employees. And I hear that one of your success measures is how many entrepreneurs that you have inspired and who have gone on to start on their own projects. So can you tell me a little bit more about your mentorship program that you sort of have been running to foster more entrepreneurs in our community? I want to find that next generation of young entrepreneurs, and I want to give them the tools that they need to be able to go off and be successful after they're done with Cohere. Not before, <laughs> but but afterwards. Uh, and uh, so, as you touched on, I've learned a lot over the years, uh, and there's so much to know in this industry. On top of being an engineer, understanding the technology, understanding the mission space, contracts is, is a whole field in and of itself. Uh, security. There's so much to security. They've added so much on the IT requirement side now, too. Uh, that's hard. you got to be understanding about that. And then you need to know how to do business development. You need to know a lot about how procurements happen, uh, how money flows through uh, through the uh, National Defense Authorization Act and the Intelligence Authorization Act and, and all of that. Accounting. Okay? Can't forget accounting. got to really understand a lot about accounting uh, to this as well. So what we do is we hold like quarterly 
briefings with my employees and say, let's talk about this. Pick a topic area and I usually buy them dinner and uh, we'll do a Zoom call and we'll go over a particular topic. And we do that, like I said, about quarterly. So they get smarter about particular topics. And, uh, and I try to be as transparent about company operations as I can. You can't share everything. But try to be as transparent as I can about things so that people get a flavor for what it is so that down the road, if they want to go do it, uh, they'll be able to and hopefully with some success. So this is an experiment and I, I like how it's going so far, but I don't want anyone to leave yet. <laughs> so ask me, you know, when that day comes down the road, uh, if I've been successful or not. So that that's my take on it right now. With any good experiment, there's two factors, food and transparency. And it sounds like you're covering both of those. So I think that's great. <laughs> Dinner will get you just that's, about yeah. anywhere. It's wonderful. There you go. There you <laughs> Love go. it. So you've talked about just in your rich career, you've had the opportunity to hire, you know, so many engineers into so many different type of roles. And so you've kind of really narrowed that down into a particular type of candidate. Tell us a little bit more about how folks can impress you with their problem solving skills. I'll, I'll start by sharing an anecdote. In uh, 2010, I had a previous company. I had a couple of resumes come across my desk. Uh, we were hiring Java people back then. And these engineers didn't have Java. They had uh, deep backgrounds in a lot of important intelligence systems, but they didn't have Java. They were doing C, C++. And my lead engineers turned the resumes down. Nope, nope, bad guys and what have you. They don't, they don't have Java on the resume. I said, but look what they've done. They've worked on this system. They have smarts here. They know this. They know the data and other stuff like this. Uh, and so I overrode my engineers and I hired them. And those two engineers turned out to be two of the best engineers we ever had. It took them a few months to learn Java, but the years of expertise that they, they brought to the table afterwards is, is outstanding. So the takeaway for, for me is I look for the engineers who uh, know how to problem solve and are particularly interested in the problem that is being faced. You can pick up a book and, uh, and read up on Angular, any kind of technology, but Tell me some of the hard problems you faced with uh, high data rates, with suddenly having 500 users hit your system all at the same time. And, and those are the things that excite me about someone who's faced those types of things, figured out how to solve them and, and taken care of it. I don't chase technology, okay? Like I said, you know, some of the worst engineers you can find are the ones that have all the bucks, you know, they have all the things on the resume. I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this. Great. You can, you can build me a web page that has all the different things in it, but can you solve this really hard problem? Show me your innovation. Show me where you face some really hard problems. And what would you do if a customer came up to you and asked about a particular problem? How would you coach them on that? Those are the things that, that drive me. And I, I pay a lot of attention to those. I don't chase the individual technology. Well, you've shared so much great information with us. I'm sure the listeners are just going to want to get in touch with you. So how in the heck can they get a hold of you, Dan? I'm on LinkedIn. Easy to find me. Easy to find the company. Uh, and we're also on our website. And you can just email. There's like an info at coheretechnology.com. Good way to get a hold of me is there. And, uh, and I'm very, very responsive. And, uh, and then maybe through you guys. If they reach out through you guys, I'd be all too happy to have a conversation with them as well. <laughs> well, we're, we would be happy for them to reach out through us as well. So, Dan, this has been an absolute blast. I have really enjoyed learning about your entrepreneurial spirit and how you coach your 
team members, but also engineers. Engineers are also very difficult to hire for. So you're very inspirational and I, I really appreciate that. So Dan, we had a blast with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Kathleen. Thank you, Rachel. and appreciate it. And uh, uh, the best to both of you. Thank you. So it was great hearing from Dan because he has obviously been a lifelong entrepreneur and lifelong engineer who not only just wants to work on problems, but he wants to solve major solutions. And I think it's really inspirational to work with somebody like that. Rachel, what stood out for you with Dan today? I There was so very much. And I love the way that he takes ownership of the business by looking for those that have the right skills to take on the important parts of the business where needed. And I thought that was just so insightful. But I also appreciated so very much that he doesn't look at a resume as the only qualifying factor for a candidate. To see someone may not have something that's trainable, I'm recognizing that you can train that. But some of these other pieces are just so intrinsic to making really quality employees. And I just thought that was such a great reminder. And he said it so very well. So I thought that was pretty cool, Kathleen. But you know what else, friends, I think is pretty cool is that you were here with us today and you had the opportunity to learn from our friend Dan as well. Hopefully you got some great career advice. You never know what's coming next. So make sure you get out there, listen to the next episode, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.